Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guest's big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we are joined today with a very special guest who has been uh, a fan of the podcast and has been a big supporter. And we truly appreciate having him here today. Terry White, who is the owner of Anna Maria Island Beach Rentals. Terry, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. I never thought I'd be here, so I'm thrilled. <laughs> you give us far too much credit, but thank you for being us. Thank you for yeah. being our super fan. We appreciate you. Guys you. Are, you guys are killing it for sure. Oh, thank oh. you so much. Well, why don't you tell? Um, I think most everybody in the industry knows who you are, but for the few that don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be in this industry? Um, we have a vacation rental business on Anna Island, which is an island on Florida's Gulf Coast. And 35 properties out there just got started like everyone else did. We started with one property, really have never, up until the last year, have never did any marketing, just word of mouth. And we've grown to 35 properties, never, never really want to grow past that. I don't want to hire any employees. It's just me. I'm, I'm retired. I worked for General Motors for, you know, 32 years. So hiring people, you know, I can mess up enough without hiring somebody to do it as well. So we're just happy with where we're at. 35 units is st- that's a lot for one person though. Do you right. really, it's, it's just you and do you ma- manage uh, teams that do maid service and housekeeping and all that? I have two. Uh, well, I have contracts because I've been doing this um, for almost 30 years. I, I was just to the market a little bit ahead of the RBO, but I have vendor, I have contracts with every vendor on the Island, whether it's air conditioning, plumbing, painting, yeah. and, and, you know, and I do have two cleaning companies that I rely very heavily on. And um, I have, hired and fired so many cleaning companies over the years, but I've been in a real good place for the last five, seven years where it's, you know, in this industry, it's pretty much impossible to get through without a cleaning complaint. And I hardly ever get a cleaning complaint. And it really has very little to do with me. It's the people that I've hired, you know, they're doing a good job. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a vital part of the business, and I think yeah. you know we're more involved in the technology and the marketing space. But you know, I give 100% credit to our teams that take care of that side of the business because it's hard, but it's also it's hard to find the right people to do it, and that is make or break because you can have all the best marketing, all the best technology yeah. in the world, yeah. but when guests get there, if the units aren't clean, then it's not going to matter. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a really tough job. I feel sorry for you know if everything is perfect, you know, people normally don't say anything. You know. You know, but if something's wrong, you know, they're the first ones, you know, complain, say they get very little credit for what they do. You know? Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. So now you were, let's back up a little bit, because I think you've got a really interesting history. You were with General Motors for 32 years, you said? Yes. Wow. And what what did you do with them? Probably I was, a lot of things over the years, but. <laughs> um, mostly, mostly material handling. Um, I was hourly. I got hired when I was 18 years old. So I worked there for 32 years, have a pension with them now. But when I was doing the business, I probably, I started, you know, I started growing 
where I could work and do the business as well. But then I also got to the point where I, at that time, I probably had 15 to 17 properties. It was getting very difficult uh, to do both. And then coincidentally enough, that's when the um, car industry imploded in yeah, 2008, yeah. you know, when the recession went through. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so they came to guys like me and they said, listen, if you retire, we'll give you $100,000 and a new car and a full pension. Wow. And you stay at home. It was a very difficult decision because I was 49 yeah. years old at the time. We had three kids living at home. Oh, wow. And But it was also really good timing is because my wife worked full time and our youngest daughter was starting grade nine. And okay. I got to drive her to school every day. I picked her up at school every day, brought her home. She was a synchronized swimmer. She did her homework. Then I took her to, to um, practice. You know, she swam like seven days a week. And uh, so it was just really, you know, fortunate timing for me. It wasn't for everyone, but for me, it really worked out. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And there's, I feel like there's a lot of just amazing business people that had kind of a rebirth of a second life in business that starts like right around when you're 50. So uh, at least I have something to look forward to. (laughs) That's me. I'm rebirthing as a podcaster. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Terry, um, I think you said that, that uh, your your love for vacation rentals or your kind of how you got into vacation rentals was used to come down here as a child from Canada to vacation. So can tell us a little bit about that? Cause I think you talked about you guys would drive straight through and only stop at McDonald's to get food on the (laughs) way and never stay in a hotel. Oh yeah. That, uh, that McDonald's podcast that you guys did that just hit home for me. (laughs) Counting ketchup packets. (laughs) Probably stopped at a lot of Tracy's restaurants. (laughs) At that time we had, we had three kids and you know, at that time you have, we had no money, you know, when you're that young, the only thing you own is debt, you know, so that was us there. So, but we were all so excited. We wanted to get to Florida. So we would, instead of staying in the hotels, we would just drive 24 hours straight yeah. through take oh, wow. turns driving. And then we, McDonald's always had the cleanest restaurants, you know, and there was always a gas station right next door to the restaurant. So it was yeah. just for us. We thought stop and get gas, grab McDonald's three or four times a day. You know, I mean, that's like a, that's a kid's dream. That's a kid's dream. (laughs) Three or four times a day. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That makes the car ride not nearly as bad. Even even for us, McDonald's to this day still plays a big part in our life because um, our son and his, his wife, um, they're both police officers. And so we have two grandkids with them. So we're, we have them like so much, like all the time. And what do you, what do you guys want for dinner? McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. (laughs) Happy meals. Yeah. Yeah. That's what every child know. wants. I know I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you came oh. down here and you vacationed for like just the summer or you just take a couple of weeks every year? How did that work out? We we used to come down for the whole, um, we used to take at least a month. We would, oh, my nice. wife would take all her holidays. I would take my holiday. We would come for at least, at least a month. Every summer we spent, every Christmas we spent at, at the condo until our son was born Christmas day. So when he got to the age where he was like 19 and wanted to drink, you know, and party and stuff like that, we, we had to stay home because that was his day. <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. But we, we spent every summer, we spent every holiday, including Christmas, we would jump in the you remember the old minivans, the safari minivans? Yep. yep. My mom had one. <laughs> yep. 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 We had, I think we had three of them. We owned three of them at one time and we would just <laughs> jump in and just drive. Wow. Fine. So did you make, it was at the same area of Florida as where your rentals are now in, in Maria? What, what happened wow. was, what happened was that first, the very first trip we made to Anna Maria and we stayed in this condo and it was for sale. And so my in-laws bought the condo. And then we started renting it out for them and stuff like that. But then when they died, 
they left it to us. So that's how we ended up with the first one there. Then the second one that we, we, own, we, own, we did own four, we own three now. And so the second one we bought, it was in my program. He ended up being my best friend. Um, his name was Jerry Wilson. And he died of pancreatic cancer when he was 59 years old. But before he died, he came to me and he said, Terry, the numbers are off the chart here. And he said, I think this would be a good fit for you and Sandy. So he says, I know my wife's not going to want to keep it. So I think oh, so wow. sure enough, a couple of, you know, usually when somebody dies in the pan, their husband or wife or whatever, they wait a year to make a decision. Like right. six weeks later, get a phone call, Terry, I'm selling the condo. Jerry wanted me to offer it to you. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah, so we bought, it, we bought it there. And then they, then my wife and I, we bought another condo just for us. So we didn't have to rent it out and do anything like that. But then the fourth one that we bought, we bought with our son and his daughter, the two police officers and our grandchildren. We just closed on that last August. But there was an owner that we knew in the same complex. So all three condos we own are in the same complex. So okay. one of the owners, he lived in Dallas. He moved to Florida. So I went to him and I said, you want to sell your condo? He says, yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, how much you want for it? So he names the price. I said, okay, yeah, we'll pay that for you. He says, you mean you're not going to negotiate? Okay. No, no, that's a, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a fair deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair deal. You pay wow. the closing costs, we'll pay what you want. And so we just go. So now that's how we ended up with that one. But I actually, in the complex, there's 32 units in the complex, and I manage between managing and owning, I have 14 of them in that complex. Wow. Oh that's my gosh. Number, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when you first started managing units down there, like what year was this? That probably 19, it was just before night. Um, I think Verbo was came in 1995. I was okay. just ahead of them. Okay. So it was like 1992, I think, yep. when, I, when I came in. Were there other rental companies down there or were you kind of the, the main one for a while? <laughs> I wasn't any. What happened was there's so many, they're still there now, probably... At that time, there was probably 10 rental companies. There's probably over 30 now. Yeah. We were with a rental company and we were getting six to eight weeks max a year. So we had three kids. It was like, you either do something about this or you sell it. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. And at the time, I was working for General Motors. I had elbow surgery. It got complicated, had another elbow surgery. So I was off work for a year, over a year. But what I did was I went on to by vacationrentals.com. I just started, I just started typing in like I was come <laughs> across vacationrentals.com. List your property for 60 days, free trial. If you don't like it, just walk away. So that's long story short. That year I rented it for 49 weeks. And then the worst the worst year, almost every year, I do 52 weeks for all the properties. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it just reminds me of a story that's one of our my favorite stories about Condo World. When Roy, the owner of, of Condo World, and his wife first moved down here, they bought a couple condos. And it sounds like a building similar to the one that you're describing. And he, he got the idea to start the company because this lady was standing in the parking lot and she said, you know, how do, how do I rent one of those? And he didn't even understand what she meant. And he said, what do you mean? She said, I'm, I'm staying at the Howard Johnson next door and we can't fit in this room, I, but I see these are condos. How do I rent those? And he said, you can't. And she said, well, how do you stay there? And he said, I own it. And it immediately hit him. He was like, you need to be able to rent these things. And so <laughs> at that time there were there were some beach home rental companies in the area, but they were strictly beach homes. And it was... Yeah. 
you know, just a, a kind of a different thing. And so nobody had really capitalized on how you could actually rent condos. But it, it's it's funny thinking that now, I mean, that should be like the history books of a, of a VRBO or Airbnb commercial. Like, how do I rent this? And then now it's, you know, easy. It, it takes two seconds literally to rent a condo yeah. with technology and all the websites that we have now. No, that, that's a great story. I remember. And I remember when the first time that uh, when we had the one property, I knew I needed more because uh, there was just so much demand. Yeah. The property that I told you about, that we, I went to him and I said, I guarantee you this much money. Yeah. Oh, wow. and he, yeah. And he said, OK, I'll take it. Yeah. He was yeah. with another, he was with another rental company. Wow. So I, I yeah. said, I'll guarantee you if you come to me, I'll guarantee you this. Yeah. And we used to do that at one point too. too in yeah. the, this was like in the early 2000s that we would guarantee rental income. <laughs> too, but. I, only did, I only did it once. We'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. We began using revenue management dynamic pricing tools, as I said, in March of 2020, because we got to the point in the growth of our company where we either needed to hire a person for rate management or we needed to bring technology on. For me and the way that I like to manage our, our, our rates, it was, it was just a better decision to bring in technology to help with that. That's Lance Stitcher, owner of Seaside Vacation Rentals. Lance and his wife, Elaine, managed 280 condos and beach homes in Ocean City, Maryland and Chincoteague Island, Virginia. This innovative duo has leveraged dynamic pricing and technology to 10x their business over the past two and a half years. We sat down with Lance to find out how Wheelhouse has played a huge role in this growth. Where exactly have the revenue gains come from? They came in all seasons. We trusted dynamic pricing and a, and a home that booked for 4000 a week all of a sudden was able to book 6000 a week. And we and we really had a hard time wrapping our heads around that. But it began, it actually began to, to become the norm. Some of our properties in the off season, the owners, uh, the owners previously had notions of, of what their home was worth on a minimum night. And, and maybe that number was $300. And Shinkatig uh, and Ocean City are extraordinarily seasonal markets. The rate management tools are telling us that maybe that rate is is, uh, is is 140 during the week and 175 on the weekends. And I had a lot of owners that scoffed at that and said, no, I'm, I'm going to hold the line. And I had a handful of owners that, uh, that said, okay, we'll, we'll try it your way and see what happens. And we went from doing in certain buildings, we had condo units that went from virtually nothing or $1,000, $1,500 a month to doing over $8,000 a month. Revenue management has become a critical element of Seaside's strategy for homeowner acquisition and retention. How does Lance use the information from Wheelhouse to help him win new owners and keep existing ones? We'll hear about that later in the show. It's all part of Wheelhouse's spotlight on exceptional property managers. So, okay, so you're you're down there and you got started, but one of the, the interesting things is you still manage remotely from Canada, right? I mean, you're not you're only down in Florida for part of the year. At that time, at that time there we only spent maybe 6 weeks a year on the, you know, we go the we go for a month and then we go at Christmas and then we would go maybe another time or two. Yeah. So it's, I, that's it. I mean, that's, this is way before remote work was even a term. So how in the world did you do that without zoom and without yeah. even really email being mainstream for, uh, you know, I got, trust, I've got, late 90s. I've got one of the best stories to tell you. <laughs> and, um, I was the king of distribution before VRBO. And wow. so my other, my other passion or obsession, what my wife calls it in life was is golf. So, okay. I had every golf magazine, every golf magazine and every golf digest magazine ever printed from 1978 
on and I had every instruction book ever, ever published. And then from 1978, and then we moved a couple of years ago and my wife said, you're not taking this stuff. So we gave it all. To <laughs> I had, I had this, this playbook. It was um, full. It was a binder. It was full of all my distribution channels and it would have the name. It was like, you guys probably, I'm sure you don't even remember. There was cyber rentals, great rentals, yeah. vacationrentals.com. There was, we need a vacation, but I had this book that was full of it. And it was all my contact information, the website, my contact person over there, th their name, their email address. And when we moved, I threw it out and I, I regret it to this oh, day. Yeah. I could, I could take it, you know, when I hear Carl Shepard talking about him buying all these, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I could give him this book and say, here, look at, look at what, but I was the, to answer your question, I do the same thing that now that I did then. And I was the king of distribution. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you, you, you honed in on something that has been a big buzzword of our industry is the trust factor. You developed trust with not only the people that you contracted with in the community, because you had to be able to trust them when you left, but a trust with your return and repeat guests and that people knew that they were going to get a good experience with you, even though you weren't this big company. So I think, again, not only were you king of distribution, but it seems like you were king of identifying all the things that are hot now back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I've always been on the cutting ed edge of technology. And at one point, I was 70% book direct um which is you know was it's a pretty good milestone there but after covid the, and you know the the onslaught like it, it, the gates blew open you right. know just so many so i i dropped down to like 40 50% now just because so many of the bookings come from different channels you know but i have you know i i do get a ton of repeat guests for sure yeah and i mean, back in those days too i mean there was distribution but much more limited than there is now. I'm, I'm sure just like how we were back in those days, you did newspaper and, and radio and traditional yeah. advertising and everything too. So did you, were you managing all of that from, from Canada or did you have uh, like vendors that helped you with the marketing that actually were in, in Florida or what was that? I like? used to go to grocery stores up here and, you know, they'd have the cork billboard there and I'd make yeah, a, a yeah. flyer you know, I'd <laughs> and, put, wow. and pin them up there on, and stuff. Yeah. I, I tried everything. Distribution. Distribution. marketing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so did cool. that, is that what um, pushed you to be kind of the industry sage for vetting technology. I mean, one of the things that people always talk about is if anybody wants to know anything about a PMS or a channel manager or, and I've referenced you a million times, but you have done a lot of research and you really dug in. And I think that you want to know how everything works behind the curtain, all these pieces of technology. Is that what drove you to do this? Or is this just no. something fun on the side? Not at all. There's a story behind that is, um, the best thing that ever happened to me was best match. You know what I'm saying? That's my yeah. verbal best match. Right. So I was the guy that was gaming the system. I was used one property to feed 14 others, you know, and stuff like that. But it got to the point I was getting double bookings, you know, and they were really starting to clamp down on, you know, the way they ran their business too. So I knew that business model wouldn't work. So immediately, I don't know what happened. It went off. I said, I knew I need technology. You know, I really have to, I have to master technology to, to get out of this mess that I'm in mm -hmm. right here now. And then, so what I was at the time I was using a very small, um, PMS, it's like $30 a month. So I need, a, I knew I needed to start over website, PMS, everything else. So I did start over. And at the same time, that was, uh, I used to, there's a uh, Heather bear used to listen to her podcast all the mm -hmm. time. 
So then she introduced me to Matt Lando. I never heard of Matt Lando before. So <laughs> I joined the inner circle. And then I, you know, I just started posting stuff that I'm doing this research and research. And then he said, you really need to start documenting this. So I said, I'm going to take it a step further because at that time I've been, I had demoed hundreds and hundreds of PMS companies and other tech companies. And I started scoring them on a scale of one to five. You know, I knew exactly what I was looking for Yeah, and and then start scoring them. And then we fed it to um, this technology called um, Qualtrics. And then out of that, it would teach, it would show people how to pick the, out of the score, there was, I think, 20 different questions, 25 different questions that um, their score would dictate, you know, the best PMS to fit them. So to answer your question, this just came out of nowhere. And did I think, and Matt Landau, we were were at a conference one time and he said, you know, when people talk about technology, you're the first name that comes up. Yeah, yeah. You can't be serious because I... um, (laughs) Yeah, no. So to answer, did I want to be in this position ever envision being in this? No, no, yeah. never. Well, and it's and it's really interesting because I think, again, when I first encountered you and had seen some of the things, and I think I worked with you when I was at Booking Pal, you were an account there. Um, I didn't know that you had such a small portfolio. Given the research that you had done and the time commitment that you had obviously put into it, it spoke to me as somebody who had a condo world portfolio of six, 700 units. So to know that you were somebody that was that vested in what that was going on in the industry, that just speaks volumes of your passion for the industry. And I, I, I love it. And it's, we're very fortunate to have somebody of your caliber in our, in our midst. So thank you for what you do. Thanks. Uh, you know, one of the, I think the nicest compliment I've ever had came from Ed, um, Ed Orge from um, Flip2. Oh, yeah. I talked to him, yeah I, so we, we jumped on a Zoom call like this at one time when I was thinking about signing up with them. And he looked, he had looked at my tech stack and my websites and stuff like that. And he said, yeah. you know, he says, you run your company, you have 35 properties, you run your company like you have thousands of properties. You did. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think it was the nicest compliment I've ever been. That is a great compliment. And I, I almost, you know, said in a different way, it's exactly like what Annie just said. So that's really interesting yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. You so, know what I, you know, what I really dislike about this industry, you know, is people don't want you unless you have 50 properties, you know, they don't want, there's this criteria. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. 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 And, you know, and I heard you were, you're talking on your podcast with Corinne today, like the majority of the vacation rentals in this business, they have one or two properties, yeah. Yeah. 50 yeah. to 70% of them. Yeah. You know, so, and then these, and then they're restricted with the technology that they use. Like these tech companies, they don't want you unless you have like 50 properties and stuff like that. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's well, interesting because it goes back to a conversation we had with Steve Milo in that how companies are being valued and that they're being valued on the number of units and not necessarily their um, profitability or how much money the units are actually making. And yeah. I know I work with accounts that have less than 100 units that do more gross bookings than, you know, five and 600 unit companies do. Because again, yeah. if you just, if you don't have a good... Um, grasp on the units that you're taking in and how you're managing them. It doesn't matter how many you have, you know, you can have 10 or you can have 10,000, but there, you know, at some point the scalability has to be there from the very beginning. And again, you've proved it out. Like you, you, you have a good solid business and you don't have hundreds of units. The industry has changed so much too, though, just in the the understanding of like what a a professional property management company is and what it really looks like. And I know just, you know, growing up in this business, in our area, North Myrtle Beach, I 
for the longest time, just assumed that if you were a rental management company like us, you had hundreds of units. I mean, I didn't know that there were ones that had, you know, tens or dozens of units, but now you fast forward and there's so many people that are coming in that they're, they are new, they have one or two, or they're partnering with an investor and they might have 10 or 12, but you know, those, no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, you're trying to run a good business, a profitable business, and you need the right tools to be able to do that. And I think, there still is some software caters more towards you know the the smaller versus the enterprise level yeah, manager, sure. but yeah. there there has to be you know that that tech and the quality of the tech needs to span both sides because what we don't want is the legacy enterprise managers to be losing inventory because the smaller ones are getting the software that has you know the latest and greatest and the you know the best tech that's being built behind it. And I started to kind of worry about that, to be honest. When we were in San Antonio, just walking around the vendor hall, it seemed like the more uh, innovative and newer technology that was out there really was just catering to that side of the industry. And I'm just 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 curious. I mean, looking at both you know both sides for smaller or larger larger PMSs, what are you seeing? I mean, what what do you think about what's out there now, and just who's doing it right in the space? Would you say? Oh, oh for sure. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I've seen the best PMS in North America. I've seen the best PMS in Europe get purchased. I never, it blindsided me. I never ever dreamt either one of them would sell the majority stake in their business to this, but I can guarantee you they did it for one reason. And what they didn't do it for was to accelerate their plug, plug and play strategy. Like what I see in this industry here, I'm going to see, I said in 2018, I said track was going to be the PMS of the future. I made that prediction when track was a very well-kept secret. And I made the prediction before the parade line formed in Cottage Grove, Minnesota for track's front door. And I said it then, I'm saying it now that the difference, the separation is going to come now and they are going to separate themselves from the competition. And it's going to the future of technology in our business. You guys did it there with um, Matt Loney there, your podcast mm-hmm. with him there. He he touched on it. Um, the future of our industry is going to be doing more on one platform for yeah, sure. I, for I sure. agree with that for sure. The more like this, this business of you're going to take a mid-level PMS, morph it into nothing more than a reservation software and then integrate it with 9 million integrations. That's yeah, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, though, I think one of the things that you um, talked about several months ago, I think you did a blog post about it was um, that that channel management is not necessarily going away. And I know from a lexicon standpoint, we work with several uh, PMSs and we do work with track and they are a tremendous platform. Um, But I think that one of the things that to the point of an all in one system, there are things that that PMSs and some platforms don't have the ability or the capability of having the depth of knowledge. And I think channel management is one of those areas where they can't necessarily get as granular because they can't, they can manage the technology piece of it to connect to the channel, but it's those relationships to kind of get in the middle of it and how to navigate each one of those channels that becomes cumbersome. So what is your take on kind of that component? Because again, you know, coming from the channel management side, I do see there has been a lot of consolidation and there probably is going to be more within my vertical. Um, Do you think that there will be three left standing or do you think, again, channel management is something that's always going to exist as it is today? 
the most delusional thinking in our industry is the demise of the channel manager. I think they can even they have the potential to even take over the industry. I think um, when you look at um, where we're at now, that it's only a matter of time because there's so much money and there's so, such opportunity in our industry is companies like cloud beds, maybe even saver, you know, they're going to want in um, site minders always been a, a bit, always right. been a site minder. It's only a matter of time before they want in. Here's where it gets interesting though, is vacation rental technology and hotel technology does not work. So even if mm-hmm. they want in, they, there's no way that they can make, their platform work with vacation rentals. Right, so they're right. going to have to buy PMSs. They're going to have to buy channel managers, you know, if they want in. But I've, you know, I, I started hearing this in 2017 when we came out of VRMA in Orlando. And it was the ultimate demise of the channel manager. And I've never met a channel manager that wants to be God's gift to distribution. Yeah. Like they want, they want no part of it. Like, so yeah. Where, yeah. where this is coming from, I have no idea. I I can't I can't tell you because to me it's nothing more than delusion. But do you do you think that the bigger property management systems they will acquire these channel managers? I mean, I, I think it's it's still its own business and it needs its own team and development to be able to keep keep up with that. But do you think that the bigger PMSs will actually buy these channel managers so that it is within the same platform, or do you think okay. it will still end up being separate? Well, that that's a very okay. So. The best PMS I've ever seen was in negotiations to white label a certain channel manager. I'm I'm not going to mention them. The channel manager is telling me it's on hold. The um, PMS is telling me it's off the table. I don't think you you alluded to it in um, today with your podcast. Again, white labeling. I don't think we're talking enough about it. We've seen Zevo, the PMS, they've white labeled a channel manager. We've seen Ventori, you know, go high level. Yeah. They white labeled um, a, um, a CRM. You looked at Lightmaker. They came so close to being white labeled. It didn't yeah. happen. All the deal off at the end yeah. there. But I don't think our industry is talking enough about white labeling. But to answer your question, I think what you're going to see is the PMS. They're going to connect to Verbal, Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, mm-hmm. Google, um, Hopper, maybe you know, one or two others. And I think they're just going to, they're just going to wipe their hands of it and say, this is all we're investing in this. And we're just leaving it all we're, to change. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot yeah. to manage. I mean, yeah. from the channel management standpoint, it's, it's a lot to manage, but to your point, I think the white labeling is something that I know we've looked at and I, and I know there's a lot of PMSs that do white label a lot of their channel management. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, the, I think the the challenge with that is once everybody figures out who that white label is, yeah. it, it, it sort of, loses its lure, you know, loses yeah. it. So I I think you're correct in that they're going to invest in the big channels. Mm-hmm. What's interesting going to be interesting is that, and you were a guest in or a, you attended the the panel that we did at Darm recently about the, the newer OTAs is that what are those OTAs that are going to challenge the ones that are the big players at the moment? So is it a hopper? Is it a home to go? Is it, you know, is it at ease? Is it these some of these outliers that are just starting up that are providing more of a niche level of service or um, going after a niche guest that you, the other channels aren't focused on, or are they going to rise up and be a channel that maybe these PMSs pushed aside and left for a channel manager that they're going to wish that they had connected to? It's anybody's guess, I would say, but what's your yeah, thought? Um, 
it's it's very different than what it was. Um, back, I'll tell you a story back one year because I was the king of distribution back before VRBO. But one year there was one. Um, they weren't even. I don't want to call them channels because the channel didn't even exist. They were websites back then. You know, um, Rent One Hundred One. I made more money on Rent Rent One Hundred One. <laughs> I've never even heard of that one before. Yeah, Rent One Hundred One oh. than I did on VRBO. And then vacationrentals.com, I consistently outperformed VRBO with um, vacationrentals.com. But I really don't see, I, I think Hopper has the potential to do some re- re- really yeah. serious damage. But I think what you're going to see is the closed loop is going to c- kill people. And the closed loop that I refer to is in North America, that's VRBO and Airbnb. And in Europe, it's Airbnb and booking.com. There's mm-hmm. way too much supply on the market now for that closed mm-hmm. To work, yeah. you know, the way. Yeah. So, but the way I see it now is when I said it in the conference hall that you guys um, were that it, that was yours. Yeah. There, um, we're going back to our roots, and our roots is going to be massive distribution, just like I was doing before. Yeah, so yeah. When, when I see um, got to go, when I yeah. see these, when yeah. I see um, home to go, you know, all yeah, all that. I, I think if if you're not if you're not in that domain you're gonna yeah. be well it's, to, it's yeah it's, i always used to say there are two components in this industry that will kill you faster than anything is your rates and your reviews it's three-dimensional now if you don't have your distribution strategy yeah visibility yeah you're, or you're lack of there i love it <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get killed yeah. we'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor wheelhouse the ultimate revenue driving machine If you're not using a revenue management tool by now, you're probably falling behind your competitors. I mean, revenue management is a, is a huge part of our owner acquisition strategy. Once again, it really comes down to the analytics and the data behind all of these decisions and being able to explain why your rate should be higher in the second week of July than the first week of July. We have a lot of competitors that have a summertime rate and a wintertime rate, period. We're back with Lance Stitcher from Seaside Vacations. Getting homeowners on board with revenue management can be a challenge. Lance tells us how the information from Wheelhouse allows them to attract and retain homeowners. Very difficult to get owners on board with that. There's no doubt about it. It's a, it's a learning curve. It was probably more of a learning curve for us or as much of a learning curve for us as it was for the owners because we had to learn how to sell and how to explain and how to educate the owners on the changes. And, and they may not have agreed with why their rates were what they were, particularly in certain off-peak time periods. We also found huge revenue gains early on with the owners that were early adopters. We all know what it's like to sign up for a new platform or service and be so excited for all the things that were promised by the amazing salesperson, only to be disappointed when the support team is anything but supportive. So we wanted to know, how is Wheelhouse's support? I will be honest in that of all of the software products and technology that we use, that they have the best support. If you want to learn how Wheelhouse can help you 10x your revenue, head over to usewheelhouse.com. They're offering our listeners 50% off your first two months. That's right, 50%. Go to usewheelhouse.com and use promo code AlexAnnie or contact them for a demo and mention this podcast. That's usewheelhouse.com, promo code AlexAnnie. Now back to the show. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a really good point. And, you know, I think in our market, it's been interesting to see we've been in Myrtle Beach 
probably slower than a lot of other markets across the country to really a- adapt to being on Verbo and Airbnb, even though as right. archaic as that sounds. But if you looked at the, either of those channels a couple of years ago, it was significantly less inventory than there is now. And so we're, I'd say, mm, and the average company, I mean, we're 95% book direct, even our, our, our biggest competitors around here, they're still at the low end, maybe 80% book direct. So, I mean, we're still all very minimally relying on those, but one of the advantages that we've found at Condo World and with the OTA that we have is that the properties that list with us, this when you have your own niche, even if it's not your own, but it's it's one that you're on and maybe a few other companies or a small subset of inventory, you have such a huge advantage over your local competition. Oh. And it's like, you're, there's just so much inventory now on Werbo and Airbnb that it's like to actually be able to get high up in, in the algorithm is really hard. But when you do have these smaller channels that you can, one, if you can form a relationship with them so that you're actually, you know, helping, you know, really it's a, it's a two-way street. You're both helping each other. That makes a big difference. But um, I I think you're right. I think it's going to go back to people really looking for these niche OTAs and, and different ways to differentiate. And that really leads back into the, the importance of the channel managers and the role that they'll play in sure. the future, which is good for Annie for sure. Yeah. Because you know, I think we've heard a lot of conferences, people saying, oh no, channel managers are a thing of the past. But I don't I don't believe that at all. I think uh-huh. it, they might change in how they're utilized, but whether it's within a PMS or uh, white labeled or just still on their own, but their their role is still vitally important. Oh, they are there. I they have great technology too, and they're they're not going away anytime soon. But I wanted to say to you, I've always admired um Condo World. I creep you guys, I subscribe to you really <laughs> and all that stuff. But for but you guys should be so proud there. If you're if you're 90% or 85% book direct, but in our industry, that would be way, way less than a quarter percent worldwide of what you guys have accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's and honestly, you know, it, it's there, you can always look at things two-sided. So we have our own proprietary PMS. And the more that I read about what you look for in a PMS on, on your vacation rental software site and some of your articles, I think it's pretty similar to what we've built. But it, it's, it was built that way because it was built by somebody that knows the business, right? And so it's very similar to, to what your understanding of it is. But because we've had our own PMS, we don't connect to all the channels. We connect to the main ones and then we utilize channel managers, but we haven't had... Uh, accessibility, I guess, to distribution as easily as somebody that's on a streamline or track or some of the other ones. But what that's forced us to do is to really double down on our brand. And, you know, we've, we had a, have a brand, have always had a brand that has a lot of potential there. So I think it was kind of a sign. It was, we, we had, we had to, we had to take this route, but it worked out to be a very good thing to set us up for the future and anything else that we want to do. And now we're able to bring on channels and distribution and, and, but still be able to have the brand working alongside of it. Well, I think thank you, guys, you for what you said too. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys are in such a strong position. I was thinking about this last night. I know when you probably now you look at all this new technology, you're maybe a little bit envious, you know, um, but at the same time, I think you're in such a strong position because I've never said this publicly before, but I'm going to say it now. Is <laughs> we have challenged everyone in our industry that you're a little bit too dependent on OTAs. They control you. They control, yeah. you know, you know, Matt Landell, he's done this, such a good, good job of promoting book direct. You look at Mark, um, Mark Simpson, what he's done. Yeah. Deborah, you know, what maybe she's done and Damien over there, but we've never ever held these companies 
when you go down the floor at BRMA and you look at all those vendors there, if you're not a PMS, they control every breath you take. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 Never, no one's, no one's ever said it, but I, yeah. like, I'm, I can't tell you who I said it to because every time I talk to some vendor, <laughs> it's got to be off the record, you know? But I, <laughs> and I said, are you not concerned? Like this PMS could just all of a sudden say, I'm oh, sorry. And, we're gone. Yeah. We're, we're sold yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately yeah. that's, I mean, when we get, you know, we've talked to all the property management systems and I know they would love to have us as a client, but, and our, Mitch, our CTO is very honest about saying, you know, if we see another software that's out there, that's better than what we have, yeah. well, let's do it. I mean, he's not being, you know, selfish of saying we have to stay with what we've built. He knows he's got plenty to do here besides just our PMS. Yeah. So, you know, we, we want to use whatever's going to be the best for condo world, but having the flexibility to do things how we want them, that is definitely a key advantage. I mean, there's, there's disadvantages, but, you know, and not having a whole team of people that work on it. We've got a small team that, that helps on the PMS side, but we are scrappy and, and creative and flexible to do exactly what needs to be done for you our, guys, you know, for you our business. In a very, very strong position. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and and it's, there's something to be said for being the master of your own destiny because, yeah. you know, Terry is correct. And in, in being again, on the channel management side of things, you know, and having been on property management, making a change to a PMS is not a, a, a change. It's not a decision that you take lightly. It's a very big Huge. undertaking. Yeah. And when you do it, it, it affects so many people. And so to, to do that thing, do that amount of change for, especially when you're a larger organization, like a yeah. condo world. But again, if you were to have it where they got bought by maybe somebody that you didn't want to work with, I mean, right. then what do yeah. you do? You know, yeah. all of a sudden you're stuck. So you guys yeah. have been very methodical at Condo World to be able to put together your technology stack so you can grow. And, and you also have been very adaptable. And one of the things I really admire about Mitch is that he is open yeah. to other ideas and he mm-hmm. looks at kind of the best in class out there. And it's very easy to say like, hey, we can't do that. Let's let's adopt that. So, right. um, you know, I think, again, what Terry's saying is, is spot on, Alex, and Condo World's in, oh, in well, a really thank you, great guys. position. <laughs> Make um, me feel good today. <laughs> Hey, I, I have a question actually, Terry, that uh, one of the questions we had sent you and your answer is interesting to me. So uh, we, we had sent you the questions. I have to share this because this is just too funny, but we had sent you some of the questions that we asked our guests and normally we ask the guests just to pick out one or two that they'd want to answer, but you so kindly responded in, in, in writing all your answers to all the questions, which gave us just so much awesome content here to talk about. But one of the questions was knowing what you, knowing what you do know now, what advice would you give yourself five years ago? And you said, get your website off of the, your PMS platform and build the perfect tech stack, which starts with the PMS. So explain to me your thinking behind that. Um, okay. So when uh, I think right now, we have no idea what technology, what way it's going to take us, but when you have your website on your PMS platform, they build, let's say the, your PMS builds your website. Yeah. You know, usually what, what happens is it looks pretty, but it really doesn't work all that well. And mm-hmm. um, if you ever want to change your PMS, you're, you're losing, yeah, you're walking yeah. you're, you're starting, you're starting from scratch. And yeah. not only that, you're losing your Google reviews, you're losing your Google rankings. Yeah. And then, but what really too, I think a big part of our strategy going forward, and we're talking about market saturation, is digital marketing. So if you have your, if your PMS builds your website, you're really going to put your digital marketing firm in a really compromising place, so pro- mm-hmm. probably to the point that they can't even help you. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. so build, build, get your website off your PMS, best website that you can afford, that you can build, 
knowing that if you can change your PMS at any time, right. If you walk yeah. away, you're not, you're not starting from scratch again. Yeah. Do you, yeah. are there companies that are doing that well out there? Cause I feel like, I mean, we're, we're in that boat for sure. I mean, our, our website connects to our own custom PMS, but for companies that work with a track or a streamline, are there PMS, uh, companies out there that are building a separate standalone and they're having those companies write to streamline and tracks APIs, like besides the, the vendors that we know within the space, like, are you seeing other companies do that? Um, yes and no. I would say I'm a big fan of ICND. You know? Oh, we are too. Yeah, Huge yeah. fans. Yeah. 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 So they, uh, they, they just, my wife and I, we own three properties there. So we have a separate website for that. It's called Enron Condo Rentals. But anyway, they just built a website for that. But okay. To, yeah. Um, but for me, and when I said that you should get your website off your PMS platform, th- there's a few exceptions. Just like when I say when, Ever I look at a PMS, the first thing I do is I look at their distribution. I can predict 95% of the time before it even starts. If they just give me their district, I can tell exactly what they're going to score. So, so I I wouldn't say it's, you know, you have to do it this way, but like, for example, if somebody would tell me they're going to go with Avantio as a PMS and Avantio was going to build their PMS, I would say, great. I love that idea. They build probably the nicest websites, you know, you can find or one of the nicest their churn rate is really low. They're probably, you're probably never going to lose. So, you know, track again, you know, I think you'd be okay to do that, but that's a few odd exceptions. So mm-hmm. in general, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I think a lot of companies, property management companies, they really have everything beholden to the PMS. I mean, I hadn't really directly wow. thought about it in the way that You've explained it, but it's it's more than just making the PMS change. It's making the website change in a lot of cases. So yeah, yeah. You only have to look at the technology. Have you guys ever looked at uh, Jarvis ML? You know, or um, or Enzo Connect? Yeah, what what is it called? Enzo Connect. Oh, Enzo. Yes, yeah. And then Jarvis. Yeah, Jarvis. Jarvis, We met him. Have you guys ever had Enzo Connect on? No, we I, we haven't, but I I yeah. want to, and yeah. I'm so glad you said that. We were yeah. just talking to Francois <laughs> um, the other day. He's a we're, just a ball yeah. of fire. I mean, he's such a smart, brilliant, <laughs> smart guy. Brilliant man. I, love, yeah. I love that technology, and yeah. I think going. I probably shouldn't say it publicly, but um, <laughs> I think if anybody's any PMS is looking to purchase software, I for sure to me yeah. it's a, for sure. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, and we 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 talked to him a while ago, and and uh, yeah, it's there. There's a lot there, and I think that would be a great service that could be white labeled into a PMS, and any yeah. PMS would be very smart to do so. Yeah. Have you ever looked at um, Jarvis ML? I, I know that name, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I've talked to from. the gentleman, the guy that reps yeah. for them before. It's interesting. I don't know. I haven't seen a, a like a demo of it. No. Yeah. You got you got to look at that. It's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Like I talked to Evan. He's Evan uh, Evan Donglo or yeah. Yeah, I can never say his last. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I talked to him, you know, I talked to him again at Durham there. And I said, you know, he's a little bit frustrated because the lack of, and I, I said it to him last fall at VRMA. I said it to him at Durham. I said, you guys are, it's just the technology is just a little bit ahead of us. You know, you got to let, you got to let, you guys got to look at that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So where I was going with that to answer your question, there was, there's so much good technology coming out. Who knows who your next PMS is going to be? Who who knows? You know, but get your web, get your website where you own it, you control it, and, right? Yeah, and be be in a position where you're 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 the owner. Mm-hmm. You, you dictate what happens. 
Yeah. So I wanted to, um, cause we're getting close to time, but you, as Alex pointed out, you answered all these questions. So it actually gives us like great conversation. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to circle back around to d- distribution. And one of the things that you mentioned was not being talked about. And it was interesting because I had read the article a few weeks back and I was very intrigued by it too. And so something came out this morning about it was the, um, JP Morgan, entering into kind of the distribution space. So you clearly have a lot of thoughts about that and I'd love to hear what they are. Well, they, you know, they're betting so big on vacation rent on tra- travel. They're big travel. Tra- travel that their plan has to include vacation rentals. There's no Absolutely. way that any, there's yeah. no way that anybody company can have some kind of vision without vacation rentals being part of that vision. Right, right. And I'm I'm thinking and again, this is where channel managers come into that. They're not going to go to some PMS and say, we want to integrate with you. Right, no. right. Yeah, they're going to go yeah. to channel they're never, They're yeah. never going to do that. They're going, to, they're going to go to a channel manager and say, hey. Do you, do you think that they're doing this? I mean, is this because of what they've seen Hopper doing? Or I don't. Is it I don't. A I think model? they were probably planning this long before we heard agree. about yeah, Hopper. Yeah. I think this has been in the works for, for a long time. Probably. Yeah. And I think you have to give COVID credit. Like this has accelerated. I think everybody yeah. plan, you know, like probably right. by five years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. probably they have a lot of data points on purchase power in travel and sectors and like where people are spending their money and how they're yeah. spending their money and what that pattern looks like. And I would imagine that they probably have a pretty good stable of analysts who have looked at this and gone over the numbers and said like, now is the time or it's now or never kind of situation. I I think one of the biggest opportunities or biggest things that people aren't talking about that is related to this is loyalty within vacation rentals and somebody really creating a really strong loyalty program. And essentially that's why this JP Morgan Chase program and Hopper that's tied in with Capital One, that's why those programs have so much legs to them because I mean, that is a closed user group that one for them to be able to get inventory that's, that's those types of channels that come to us. Absolutely. Because that, that I know you're not competing against me directly in our local market on PPC ads. I mean, you're, you're yeah. using the yeah. power of your market to be able to get bookings. Um, but I, I think loyalty is a big part of that. I mean, you even look at like the Costco wholesale travel club yeah. and yeah. travel clubs used to be a big thing back in the day. And I, I think they're coming back. And I think within vacation rentals, if a company can figure out how to offer something like that to their to their guests and owners, I think there's a big opportunity there. Yeah. Something that just, we're something that we're looking into, quite honestly. Yeah. I, I, there's, I think you just, yeah. I think you just nailed it perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's, they're going to use the rewards and loyalty yep. programs, and I yeah. think our our industry, we're probably lagging behind there. That we should be making more of an effort to, of a rewards program or a loyalty mm-hmm. program. Yeah, yeah. but they, the, the, the tough part is, yeah. as we've started looking at it, one of the, the the toughest part for us, at least, has been. Since we have our we have our managed portfolio, but then we have our partner p- portfolio, and there's different margins between them, yes. and that's going to be the same or similar situation with other vacation rental companies looking to do this because it's um it's almost like it's like f- figuring out you need somebody that's really good on the finance side to figure out that yeah. financial matrix of the points and how they all work and how you just to do an analysis of if we had discounted anyways, which we all discount, right? I mean, I know we do, especially for our repeat guests. If we know how much we gave away in discounts to rebook a unit for the next year, if we change that into the loyalty program that it wasn't discounted per se, but they are buying into the loyalty program or some other you know, way that that's another revenue source. I just, I think there's, there's massive opportunity. Nobody's talking about it. I think it's highly complex, but yes. it's a, it's a, 
I think mm-hmm. this is where we can cross over and bring into the component that we always talk about, Alex, is the condo or the um, the timeshare component. So the companies like Interval International, you know, yeah. the ones that are yeah. getting, they they understand and have kind of the framework of managing points. And, and you know, clearly that's what Marriott is is leveraging within their HVMI is the bond boy. So they figured that out, but you're right. I mean, that component of it is so cumbersome and it is so different. And again, is it just one more layer of accounting that you try to add into an already complex accounting system of vacation rentals that varies so vastly from state to state? I mean, it's a very hard thing to do. Um, but I think that there's there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think the one thing that I love about you, Terry, is that you are always looking, like you said, you're ahead of the game. You're always looking at that next thing and you're assessing. And I can always, I, I've been in sessions and watched your eyes like follow the room. And, and I was watching you at our session and Darm and just looking, you were you were sizing up the panel and, and listening to everything that they were saying and taking it all in. And you really summed up the session by just saying, you know, I want everybody in the room to look at these people and know that this is the future we're going back to our roots. And you summed up what we were trying to say to people is that there's so much out there, but we just got to get back to what we tur- we started out to be. You know, we wanted to service all these guests and we wanted to reach everybody and not be beholden to any one, one kind of service or system. Yeah. So I yeah. appreciate you being kind of that, that leader for all of us to pay attention to things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's just there's just so much opportunity out there. If you if you listen, you, know, you listen to the podcast, you go to the you go to the conferences. You, yeah. every, every day is a chance to learn something new. It mm-hmm. it is yeah. it is yeah. actually. You had in one of um, your answers uh, the question said, "Let's see, uh, what does the work you do say about your your life and your journey?" And you put in there that the great Nelson Mandela was once asked, what is the most lethal weapon in the world? His response, education, and that you can accomplish anything with knowledge and education. And that's so true. And I think we're, like you said, we're all very blessed that we have this community that we get together and we go to these events and we have the opportunity to learn together and all these things. But um, I, I have one last question just because we're going off of DARM and I know you've got some, you know, pretty sophisticated things that you do on revenue management. Um, what, what what advice would you give to property managers out there, just as they're looking at their revenue management strategy, and what do you see for, you know, where the future is, is going to go for us? Um, data is data is going to be king for sure. Mm-hmm. I rely heavily on key data. I think if you're in Europe, you know, it'd be transparent though. But I would be very cautious of giving up one percent of your revenue. To yeah, yeah. I've used five different I've used five different pricing tools. I've mm-hmm. used beyond pricing, um price labs, wheelhouse, perfect pricing, rented, you know, they I'm the, the biggest believer, but they all do such a they'll do a really good job and mm-hmm. I shouldn't even tell people that I do this, but I have I have accounts with wheelhouse Price labs and beyond pricing, and I pull. Uh, I, I have them open in three different tabs. Oh and wow! I, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I shouldn't probably tell people. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That, that and, could be your secret strategy yeah. <laughs> to success. Yeah. And um, and I compare. You know what? And they all do a very good job of what they do. And I'm not saying you know they're always right. They're right more than I am, and that's why I use them. Yeah. Um, but don't um, don't give up one percent of your revenue. I I don't like that idea. Yeah, I agree on that for sure. I agree on that for sure. Wow. Yeah. 
So well, I Terry, was... thank you so much for being here with us today. This is a great conversation and one yeah. we were looking forward to for a long time. So we were so excited when you said that you would come on and, and chat with us today, but we appreciate you very much. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way for them to reach out? Terry at com. Okay, great. We will include that in the show notes. And when will we see you next? I will be Verma. We'll be in Vegas. I'll be in Vegas for sure. Are you guys going to the book direct show in Miami? No, we weren't able. Yeah, we actually got asked to be on stage for that one and MC it, but we couldn't. So maybe next year. I think it's it's right before Vegas, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I've actually got a work retreat. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm gonna go there and then go right on to Vegas from there. Awesome. Yeah. Well take good notes at that one so that we can catch up with you in Vegas and you can tell us everything <laughs> you learned yeah, from that. And we'll um, we'll see you on the golf course in Vegas, right? Um prop might. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, oh yeah, I like hope so. You you have to. We're, working the, <laughs> we're yeah. working the tournament. You have to. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll be we'll be yeah. on, on the course taking interviews <laughs> as people be <laughs> off. So yeah. Well, Terry, thank you for sharing your knowledge and for letting us speak to the king of distribution. You are the king of distribution and you probably always will be. So we appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me. I never thought I would have this privilege. So it's been great. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> it's our pleasure. If anybody wants to contact Annie and I, you can go to alexandannypodcast.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. And now a final word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. If you are if you're overpriced, you you will be empty. And if you are underpriced, you will fill up extremely fast. But the market will always tell you what the correct price is. There will always have to be a human factor involved in the process. Um, at least that's the way I feel about it. I don't think that I don't think AI is going to overtake the industry entirely. If you want to learn more about how Wheelhouse can help you 10x your revenue, head over to usewheelhouse.com. They're offering our listeners 50% off your first two months. That's right, 50%. Go to usewheelhouse.com and use promo code AlexAnnie or contact them for a demo and mention that you heard about them on the Alex and Annie podcast. 